0: The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SEDEC Marine Products. Proudly made in the USA, customizable SEDEC no-skid traction is non-absorbent, closed-cell EVA specifically formulated for the marine industry. For a free sample and more information, check out www.sEDEC.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Thanks for tuning in to the 89th episode of the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan O'Mano, recording from the ninth floor of the Courtyard Marriott in downtown Detroit, Michigan. And now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Hyperlight. Born in 1991 on the shores of Lake Sammamish, Hyperlite has always been and continues to be a pioneer in the wake industry. As the sport of wakeboarding grows, Hyperlite continues to evolve their brand while creating revolutionary products. Whether you're a free rider, contest rider, boat rider, or cable rider, the Diverse Product line is designed to help elevate your riding. With thousands of hours of research and development from an innovative team of shapers, riders, and manufacturers always focused on providing you the highest quality equipment that's engineered, and today, Hyperlite continues to keep up with the ever-changing landscape of our sport. Head over to Hyperlite.com for a look at all products, team, news, and videos. Click the search local link on the website for a dealer near you. Again, guys, that's hyperlight.com. Holy smokes, folks! Only ten episodes away from hundred. This is episode eighty-nine. I'm so stoked to have you all here with me, listening to the show and hearing the stories and thoughts from Toad Water Sports and Wakeboard Industries' biggest names. And now here we are, two months into my fifth year of recording. And today I have an awesome guest. He's the newest member of the Hyperlite Wake Team, J.B. O'Neill. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, there just a few moments ago. I am in Detroit. JB O'Neill, he's here with me. We're putting on some live wakeboard demonstrations, a wakeboard rail jam at the Detroit Boat Show. We do this every few years. I'm stoked to be back. Not as chilly as it has been in the past, but uh, a little bit rainy out here in Detroit. And I'm guessing as I've got another six days here in town, that is probably going to get a little colder and uh, probably a little bit snowier. As you can tell, I've lost my voice slightly. Uh, We've done three shows a day for like the past four days. So it's pretty heavy. Plus, I've had some travel inside of this show as well. Anyways, let's get back to it. JB and I recorded earlier in the week, probably on the second day of the boat show, we recorded up in his hotel room. You know, I was pumped to sit down with JB and chat. JB has been growing his social media following like a madman as of late, and in general, he just has a different style and, well, way about how he approaches riding and his position as a pro rider. You know, JB took fourth place at the Wake Park Nationals with the WWA back in August of 2017. I was there to announce it. Uh, We talk a little bit about that in the podcast. You know, JB, though, he's more of a free rider. Personally, I was interested to hear JB's story and his take on the industry, and I hope you guys seriously enjoy our conversation. You know, this was JB's first long-form interview, and I think he did a pretty awesome job. He kind of got into the swing of things as we uh, progressed into the whole thing. You know, he's got some great insight and a really good work ethic, and I believe he's earned everything he's achieved. And now with Hyperlight behind him, JB is driven again and ready to take on the world all right so a quick update on what I've been up to last week I was at Alpine Valley in White Lake Michigan doing a live webcast with the crew at snowboarding and snowskiing.com I went back to Chicago hung out for a couple of days before flying back up here to Detroit while I'm in Detroit I actually had to fly back to Florida I went down to Tampa took a Uber Met up over at the World Barefoot Center with Keith St. Ange and the crew at footin.com. We shot some really cool stuff over there. That should be coming out in the next month or so. I'll keep you guys posted. Flew right back. You know, it was gone for maybe 12 hours. I'm back in Detroit. We got another six days of boat shows ahead of us. Hopefully, if you guys are hearing this in real time, you can come out and visit me and the crew. Right from Detroit, I'm going to be heading out to the WSIA Summit in the Snow. Looking forward to that. And from there, I'm going to be heading back to Illinois and then going up to Wisconsin for the annual Shoski Think Tank, which is a humongous event. And while I'm out there, I'm going to try to conduct some interviews, keeping my fingers crossed on that one. I've been chatting with some people up there, but I'll keep that to myself for right now. And when I get that all set, I will let you guys know. Uh, Quickly, I'm going to go through some business right now. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast on iTunes or the podcast app, or one of the many Android podcast apps where my podcast is available, well, just search The Golden Mike Podcast, and then once you find it, do me a favor, guys, give it a five-star rating, and be sure to give me that sweet review. All right, all, to keep this podcast free to you, the listeners, as it's always been, I got to thank the sponsors of the show, of course, SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, Wakeboarden.com, the WSIA, GoPuck, Hyperlite, C4 Belt, Conley, Leadwake, Ronix, O'Brien, and Slingshot Wakeboards. Another way you guys can support the podcast is to buy a Golden Mike Podcast t-shirt or dad hat. If you're interested in that or you just want to talk to me, you guys can email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. Find me on Facebook, The Golden Mike Podcast, on Twitter at The Golden underscore Mike, and at The Dano T. Mano. That's right, two Twitter accounts that I hardly use. I'm going to work on that in 2018. And I'm also on Instagram. That's for most of you guys. Follow me at Dano T. Mano. All right, all right, all right. Hang on to your hats, my friends, because here we go. Let's get to it. This is JB O'Neill, and you're listening to the Golden Mike Podcast. We are sitting with J.B. O'Neill. He is the newest member of the Hyperlite Pro Team. Welcome to the podcast, J.B. How you doing, brother?
1: Oh, pretty good. You ever done anything like this? Uh, never before, but I'm, I'm sure it'll go pretty well, I think.
0: Dude, I've known you for a long time. I think the first time I ever met you was up in Wisconsin at the Wakeboard Nationals. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. Was, that was back in 2008. Yeah, back when I only rode boat yeah so things have uh things have definitely changed since then
1: yeah it's changed a lot like I hardly ever ride boat anymore maybe like three times a summer
0: but you are still riding boat I saw that edit that you put out at the end of 2017 and then the end of it was f- was filled with boat stuff
1: yeah yeah I'll go out like maybe for like a week and just get back used to it and uh, then I'll then I'll kind of try and just Get a couple key tricks that I know I can do already and then put that in there just so I can be more well-rounded. But it's just so expensive, so it's hard for me to go out on the boat a lot. Do you have a boat or anything like that? Uh, Yeah, we have like an older boat. It's a 05 Mastercraft X-Star, and uh, my parents got it from some guy that went bankrupt, and we got a super good deal. So it just worked out. And uh, I'm pretty pumped on it because it has that big 8.1 motor, so it's like nice. it's it's still like pretty competitive with the newer boats, but not quite on that level.
0: But you live in Austin, Texas, or do you actually live closer to to uh, Waco?
1: I, I live in Austin, but I never liked cable before, and then when they built BSR in Waco, like. Someone asked me if I wanted to go, and I was like, yeah, sure. And I had pretty low expectations, and I, I went there, and I loved it. Like, it was the best ever. Like, it was the first time I kind of, like, actually had fun on cable. So, at the time, I was, like, cleaning pools, and and uh, I saved up enough money to, like, buy a super scooter, I guess you could say. And, uh, and yeah, and I, I saved up for a season pass, and I just would start driving my scooter up there every weekend, two hours on that scooter every weekend. And so, so, wait,
0: you're driving from Austin on a scooter to BSR. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Like, do you strap your wakeboard on the back? Are you riding on the highways? Is it even legal to ride?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually 400cc, so it's, it's legal to go on the road. Although I don't have a motorcycle's license or anything, I've never been pulled over, luckily. But, yeah, it, it was the most fuel efficient and money-saving thing at the time, so that really worked out, and it ended up helping me out, like, a ton, like, I saved tons of money with that thing and well, here it, you
0: are, anyway. you're big time now. Newest member of the Hyperlight team said you get a car?
1: Yeah, I have a car right now, but it's like a car auction car and it's it's not the best, but I, I'm looking to try and get like a, a Prius and I know that's not the coolest car, but I like saving fuel and it it's cool, so you like saving money, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> well dude,
0: it's so crazy. So it sounds like like BSR opening pretty much changed your entire path of what you were doing. So let me ask you this. When I met you back, say around 2007, 2008, you were a junior men's rider. Um, what, like, what, what were you thinking? Like, what was, what were your goals? Were you thinking of becoming a pro rider or were you thinking of being a professional pool boy?
1: Yeah, totally. Like I thought, I I thought I was going to be a pro rider and like, I really wanted to do it behind the boat. And like, you know, um, I made a trip to Orlando once and like, I learned a ton, like so fast while I was there. Cause everyone was super good. And who'd you go down to ride with? Um, I actually like drove down there to, uh, ride with Julian Cohen and he was going to pick me up from the airport. And then I guess he had family in town and he just kind of flaked out. And I ended up running into Harley at OWC and I wound up staying at his house for like a month. And, uh, the wakes were so much bigger than what i was used to and it's crazy and like you know before it was hard for me to do a seven and then all of a sudden boom sevens were easy and then nines came along and and it, it was it was a game changer just because the wake size in orlando was unreal i never even heard of covering the entire boat with fat sacks before so it was the craziest thing did
0: harley even know harley clifford did harley even know who you were
1: yeah yeah um we had met before a couple times but uh yeah it, it, we just randomly ran into each other at obc he was like, yeah, you want to come over and ride? Like he asked me and I was just like, whoa, no way. That's super cool. So was he already like a hotshot at this time? Like, the yeah, man? yeah. He, he was for sure. Like it was like at the beginning, whenever F- Phil and him like first started battling it out. I think Phil may have won like the pro tour that year, but I think Harley won quite a few of the stops.
0: How, how crazy is that? Like this sport, the fact that you run into, we'll say like the the, the game, the top of the food chain and wakeboarding and the dude, I mean, it doesn't sound like you, you guys weren't like, like chatting, text messaging friends or anything like, like crazy like that. Maybe you were acquaintances, but like what other sport does that happen in?
1: Yeah. and Not many. Or I mean, I don't really know because I don't do any other sports, but I mean, without that, I mean that, that definitely helped me out a ton at the time. So thanks for that i guess but yeah that was cool
0: yeah he's a, he's a really cool dude and for for being the man i'm I'm pretty impressed with how level of a head that he actually has put harley on the cable what what do you think would happen you think that the dude would would go to the top
1: i think that if if he put the time in for like a year or two it, he would for sure go to the top very quick i think like he has a great skill set and air, air awareness on the water so i mean Putting it together on the rails is hard, but, like, if you just put the time on the water, it it comes fairly quick. I feel like riding boat is a lot more challenging than on the cable, so it it comes a lot easier if you started riding on the boat, I think.
0: Right, right, no doubt. Okay, so you're from Texas, and are you born and raised in Texas?
1: Yeah, I was born in Austin and, yeah, raised there.
0: Nice. So I have always said, well, at least for, like, the last decade or so, next to Orlando, I think in the States, Texas has got to be, like, the next spot for wakeboarding in fact i think more cable parks have opened up in texas over the past you know few years than than have in in florida so uh i kind of want to hear a little bit about your history in general uh growing up in texas and how you got into to wakeboarding were you a water skier before that or did you just uh, dive head first in was your dad do you have any family that were into it
1: yeah so like my dad had the family boat like it was a sea ray at the time and it, and it came with like a wakeboard and a kneeboard and you know i would i would ride my kneeboard all the time and i was like super pumped on it but it's not like you know i was trying tricks or anything we we're just kind of riding down the lake like whoever could ride the longest on it was the best you know he even like brought out the wakeboard that came with a boat and it had like sandal straps and stuff and he had me try it once it was probably in like 20 mm, no no 2008 2000 no maybe before that 2004 probably and uh the first time I strapped my feet into a wakeboard I I hated it I thought it was dumb because I would fall on it and like we tried to learn how to get up on it like a slalom ski and it just I I just didn't think it was cool at all it wasn't till like a year or so later before like I met someone who had a wakeboard with actual bindings on it and I tried it behind their boat and then I was like yeah this is cool like I want to do this.
0: So, d- when did you actually start, like, like seeing the bigger picture in wakeboarding? Like, m- more or less, when did you start uh, finding out about like pro riders or even like the fact that there was tournaments and stuff like that? And how did you get into all that?
1: In Austin, we have like a wakeboard scene. Well, not anymore, but at the time, we had a wakeboard scene called. 360wakeboard.com it's like a forum sort of like wake world and it's just like everybody from austin who talks about their wakeboarding and stuff and they would have like contests within austin and the sail and ski boat dealer would have their own wake the lake series and then int which is no longer exists had their own contest series and i would ride in all that and i would ride in int i would do good in int and i would win the so-called pro division in int and you know we were never subscribed to like wakeboard magazine or, or Alliance wake magazine. So I didn't, I didn't know of any writers except for like the bigger names at the time, like Sean Murray or parks or whoever. So like I I was winning like a lot of contests in Texas, like for my age and stuff and in INT and like we went to the nationals and I think maybe we got to finals or something at the time. And my dad was like, Hey, you want to try out this WWA event? And like, I showed up and like, I remember saying, like, who's this, like, Jimmy LaRitchie guy? And, like, he was in my heat, and Julian Cohen came up to me. He's like, oh, don't worry about him. Like, he sucks. And, like, Danny Bernstein's over there talking about, like, how he can do 12 different 900s if there isn't, is that many. And, you know, and finally, like, you know, Jimmy goes off the dock, and I'm just like, oh, well, like, I was nowhere near that level. Like, I didn't even know this existed. I didn't even know, like, riders in Orlando were – we're killing it that hard. Or I didn't even know anything like that existed. So like I had to go back home and like, you know, figure it out.
0: So you weren't, were you familiar with the, aside from what was going on in Austin? And if, I, and if I'm not mistaken, Billy Garcia, it, it was and maybe still is like a huge part of that Austin scene as well. Did he have anything to do with, with oh, yeah. coming up?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like my parents, they worked a lot cause they, they own a pool company and like they ran that for a really long time. And, uh, You know, they would drop me off with Billy and I would like kind of be like the boat boy and reel in the ropes and like put the kids boards on the racks in exchange for like one set like a day. And sometimes I wouldn't get it if the boat was busy, but I kind of did that mostly every day so I could like first start riding and and try to be able to ride every day because I I wasn't able to because, you know, my parents were at work and stuff and there's no way like we were going to afford some Mike Ferraro stuff over in Orlando like right. that's that's just crazy <laughs> sure yeah. sure
0: i mean it definitely works for some of the guys of course oh, but yeah. i don't think it's necessarily the path that that every rider you know has to take um so you, the path that you've taken seems to have been quite a long one now You've been around for quite some time, even though I'd st- I'd say you're still pretty young and and your name has really been growing I would say over the last two or three years and a lot of that has to do with your social media uh, I, I feel like you also are still competing you know I, earlier today before we started recording i d- I decided to go and check out your Instagram and like scrolling just you know like you know for like I don't know for like five or so minutes I noticed that you've been, on a handful of podiums as well and and not in the so far, you know, past or whatever. You've you've been on some podiums. So you're still competing,
1: right? Yeah, a a little bit here and there. Like at nationals, I got fourth and like, I really didn't even want to go at all. But my home cable park is a next level ride. And the lady who owns it, her name's Nikki, and she's so nice and everyone there. And they were like, come on, we, we really want you to ride for our cable. And like, if you if you don't do it, like we're gonna we're gonna buy your entry fee. So she like, she hooked it up and bought my entry fee and I I was kind of like whoa like no way that's cool but I still didn't want to ride the contest because I get like so stressed out and like I just hate being in that situation where like if you're not first you're last you know I hate that feeling so when I go out there like if I fall or something I get so mad at myself and I turn into like a whole different person so I feel like a lot of times I can win a lot of the rounds and stuff and I, I can get pretty far so that's cool but it is pretty stressful for me in the contest, for sure.
0: So your performance at Wake Park Nationals 2017, you took fourth place in features. Super tech, super difficult. I mean, you've got the, the most insane riders, not just from the U.S., but international riders, and you come out in fourth place. That's that's pretty dang impressive, but, it, you know, we've hung out, we're at the boat show, we're doing this wakeboard rail jam. I mean, it's obviously we're just doing demos, there's no competition here, but I know you're... You, you're like me, and you kind of at least now that we're kind of hanging out a little bit more i'm, I'm see you're a little hard on yourself at times, you know and and it's it's I, I do the same thing. I want everything. I don't want it to be ninety nine percent or one hundred percent. I want it to be one hundred and ten percent. I want everybody to know that when I do something, like I gave it my best effort, and it's the best that it could possibly be. so like how did you how did you feel coming out in fourth place at Wake Park Nationals? Do you think that was on par?
1: I mean, I was pretty stoked that I got fourth because, I mean, like most of the time, like before that, I hadn't really ever made it out of a round, you know, like I usually just straight up kook it out of the gate. And even in the first heat, I I got sent to LCQ and then I came back all the way to finals. So like, I don't know, after that, I just kind of put it together and I I was pretty pumped on fourth. Uh, I think I could have done a little better, but, you know, I mean, that was the best I had done at the time. So that was super cool for me.
0: Well, what I found... And what I find to be so impressive is your is your style. You're a very high-risk rider, and I wasn't expecting to see, and there, there weren't really that many guys doing this, but you are, like, uh, going inverted and doing some gnarly transfers.
1: Yeah, and, like, even in that contest, like, like I've been doing, like, a tantrum transfer and, like, a front-roll transfer and some stuff like that for a while, but in the contest, like, in the finals, I, I try to do a Moby Dick transfer, and I landed that on the first try. So that was cool. But I think transfer boxes are for sure like my favorite kind of feature just because I don't know, it has, you can actually put risk into it instead of just being all small and techie on a flat bar or something. Sure,
0: sure. I want to know what you think about both the boat side, maybe why you don't really compete on the boat side anymore and, and the cable side and, and maybe what you like about it and perhaps what you think could be changed.
1: Well, I mean, it is gambling, and I, I'm not a big fan of that. So, you know, I don't, I don't really want to do that so much. But also, like, if you if you get on the podium, you get a podium shot. It goes on Facebook. It goes on Instagram. Three days later, everyone forgot. If you ask me right now, who won the Pro Tour last year? I'm not sure. Like, I, I, like, I know Harley, Corey, Nick Rappa, and. A couple of those guys are like the top guys but i don't know what order it went in or anything it, it just i feel like it hasn't been marketed super well and i don't think that's anyone's fault but i think it needs to be focused more on that maybe putting money into facebook instagram promotions or whatever but prize money for the writer is cool but they need that exposure to show brands so that they can get sponsors and so they can keep riding and doing their thing so I don't really think the contests are marketing the riders as much as they could. Do
0: you think as far as like judging goes, do you think that's that's pretty legitimate? Um, sometimes
1: I think it's legit, sometimes not. I mean everybody has their own opinion and everyone's had their time where it hasn't been the best for them. But uh for the most part lately it, it's been pretty well or pretty it's been pretty good, but I mean, I've definitely seen a couple times, like, at Plastic Playgrounds two years ago, like, I kind of stepped in and was one of the judges, and it was kind of biased towards some of the European guys at the time, but um, I kind of stepped in. I was like, hey, like, maybe that's not right, and kind of tried to change it up a bit. I mean, of course, everyone's going to have bias towards the people they like, and a lot of us wakeboarders know each other and have their friends, so... It it is kind of hard to find a judge that is outside of wakeboarding but still knows about all the tricks in wakeboarding. So, it can definitely it can definitely get pretty biased.
0: So, like, what judges do you like riding for? You like riding for like Brian Grubb stuff like that?
1: Oh, I, I have no idea actually. You and don't even you know who the judges yeah, are these I, days, I, right? Like, it, it nationals and uh, and uh the wake open is another contest I rode this year. I I don't even know who is judging, but like it went it went really well for me this year, and I was surprised so that that was cool
0: nice all right so we're going to step away from the competition stuff and let's talk about kind of what you have been doing to get your name out there over the past few years and at the rail jam that we've been riding and i keep telling everybody that you you've become like one of the the more recognizable names in the sport and i and I don't think it's BS. I really think that you've done an awesome job with your with your social media. And I think that that's humongous. Uh, and a lot of that is due to the edits that you've put together. So when did you pick up the camera?
1: Um, well, my dad always kind of recorded me when I was a kid, like not just wakeboarding, but when I skateboarded or, or just anything I, I kind of did before wakeboarding, anything, you know, and he just have like family videos of Christmas and stuff and he would cut clips together on like a VHS. And probably when I was about 10 or 11, we would plug the uh, auxiliary cables into the TV and like try to chop up stuff with the VHS of like us riding behind the golf cart, towing stuff through the yard or or messing stuff up on skateboards and just making little fun videos like that. Like me and my friends kind of did a bunch of that stuff growing up through high school too. Like I don't know, it was really fun, so.
0: Did you take classes in school for filming or editing or anything like that?
1: Um, I did one year in high school and um it wasn't really anything cuz no one no one could really grasp the concept of what was going on. Like I don't think anyone really cared cuz it was just kind of a blow-off class in high school just so you yeah. could get a credit. So no, I wouldn't say like I really went to school or anything for that. Just over time like before so much slow-mo was awesome and I thought it was cool and now it's more like put in cool stuff have good footage and you don't need as much slow-mo or or whatever so over time it's just my eye has gotten better i guess i mean obviously i can't i can't put together some of the videos with like after effects programs or really like crazy color grading or or whatever i just kind of try and put the bangers in and put them together and if you have enough tricks then it's going to be good
0: i feel like you've you've I mean, I think a lot of people have proved it, but I think that, um, sometimes after effects and all that crazy stuff is a little much. And I think people are still interested in your content. And I think what that comes down to is good content is good content. Yeah, for sure. So good content needs creativity behind it and especially creativity in writing, um, I would have to say, and I don't really know how much you know about this because it sounds like it may have been a little bit before your era, but the Pointless Posse guys like Parks Bonifay, Danny Harf, Chad Sharp, Eric Ruck, um, you know, Shane Bonifay, of course, in the old days, Uh, since, since the days of Pointless, I haven't really seen guys go out and do crazy like I I think I we have seen guys like put together some creative stuff you know like Henshaw's done some stuff but I would almost compare like what you're doing now to to some of the stuff that that the Pointless boys were trying to do back in the days are you familiar with those guys yeah
1: for sure I'm familiar with that like in in some of my videos I steal some of the stuff they did and and, because I mean that really inspired me like you know, those are those are the first riders I saw, like Parks, Murray, and I mean, Murray wasn't a part of that, but Shane and all those big names that are still like that legend status right now, those are the names I saw in wakeboarding. So I always kind of wanted to ride like that. So if you look at me now, I might not have like that cable style, like skinny stance, being super tech on rails and like changing up a lot. But I have more of a older school style, which I like to watch, and I feel like, the masses like to watch a lot more than the new skate style, which is awesome and I respect everything they're doing, but it, it, it is harder for someone that isn't into wakeboarding to grasp that. So whenever they see someone going really big or, or doing cool gaps or or a crazy winch spot or something like that, the average person can grasp, oh, that's crazy, like that's awesome. So I think that's what I try to aim for. I mean, it's cool to impress the core guys too, but I really, I really try and get outside of the core as well, and with just normal people.
0: I mean, you're kind of like a big air rider, right? I mean, you you love booting airs, right? That's kind of your thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what it is all about. And you know, everybody nowadays, not everybody nowadays, I shouldn't say that, but a lot of people are really taking a steer away from kickers because there's so many knee injuries, and we're landing on flat, and it's and it's really hard on your body, but. You know I don't want to jinx myself or anything but I I don't feel my body deteriorating or anything so like if I keep going big I feel fine so I don't see why I should stop doing that
0: who are some other guys that are kind of pushing it in that realm do you think and like the big air stuff
1: I mean JD Webb has like the biggest gap ever from back in the day I think he jumped over that big fountain in Orlando. Um, I actually posted that photo maybe like three days before my video called Full Send came out because that was one of the things that like pumped me up and I wanted to do do a really big gap like that and I thought that was cool. But, uh, you know, some of the boat guys are going really big like Dean, like he's crazy and and he's older than a lot of the riders and he's going bigger than everyone. And when I was a kid, I looked up to Randall Harris like I wanted to kind of ride like him, maybe not the same lifestyle, but he was sick. On the cable, obviously like Daniel Grant really goes massive and and he can he can take a be- beating cuz his legs are just so big and strong. He can go bigger than most everyone.
0: Sure. Sure. Hey, so who are some of the guys that you like to film?
1: My friends, I mean, I don't know, my friend James Boja, he's actually in the room right now. We've been filming a couple things together and he kind of has the same attitude as me. And, you know, my girlfriend Carol, she, she's like, she's fun to film because she doesn't see like the possibilities of what she can do sometimes. And then we put it all together. She's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Or or just, just mainly my friends, you know, I'm, I'm not so interested in like going out and trying to film someone for money or, or getting paid to do that. But my friends are or whatever, you know, I want to help them out and help them get somewhere in wakeboarding. So, you know, that's that's kind of my favorite thing to do and watch people kind of blow up if, with videos I make. So, I think that's cool.
0: What about, like, Rocker Steiner? Is he one of your friends?
1: Oh, yeah. Rocker's one of my friends. He's, like, my youngest friend. He's, like, the 13-year-old that's actually, like, 30 and knows everything that someone of that age would know already. But, yeah, he's fun to film. <laughs> it's tough to film, though, because, like, he's he still has, like, that competitive mindset of tr- like he's doing a competition all the time so but now lately he's been kind of relaxing a bit and and you know i think this year will actually be a really good year to film rocker and and put some put some cool stuff together of him
0: and you, you spend a lot of time riding out at uh at his property too right The the Steiner oh, yeah. is it are you at the steiner ranch or is it somewhere um, else
1: yeah they used to live in steiner ranch it's like a it's like a neighborhood and uh but they they actually moved out to blanco and it's it's a lot further away from austin it's probably like 30 minutes out uh maybe more than that like 45 but um yeah they got a piece of land and uh you know rocker's dad sid his daughter steely she rides horses and it and rocker wakeboard so it was like the perfect place for them to both do their thing and they dug a lake there right yeah they dug there was already like a lake there they just they just made it a little bit bigger and uh so then they just threw a cable out there and... Is it boatable or is it just cable? No, definitely not boatable for sure. They've been trailering their boat for like the last year, whereas before they were on the water... But uh, yeah, it's super awesome out there. Like Sid and Rocker, like they've helped me out more than more than they could know. They've helped me a ton. So
0: when when it, that's you, you look at like a guy like Henshaw and his property, it's like anything that he can imagine or anything that his friends can imagine, he goes out and they make it happen there. Uh, and I could I feel like maybe the Steiners have have something kind of similar to that.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty similar, but. Um, a lot of the things at Rocker's, we have to make sure, like, Rocker can hit it, you know, because Rocker's still a little kid. So, a lot of a lot of the times, Sid will be like, hell yeah, dude, like, go out, build something cool, and try something crazy, but we, we still have to go out there, and we want to make it good for Rocker, because, I mean, he's awesome, and, uh... But whenever whenever you are as small as he is, even though he does go absolutely massive, whenever you're rolling up to something that's 12 feet in the air, but you're only, you know, less than five feet tall. It's a little bit crazy for for someone of that size. But as soon as he starts growing a bit here in the next year or so, I think it's going to get pretty crazy. And we're going to do some really cool stuff out there.
0: Hey, that high jump that you did, I, I saw that on your on your social media. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Exa- was that what it
1: was called?
0: Was it called? Yeah, yeah, the we high called jump?
1: it just the high jump. Yeah. Was that
0: over there at, at Stein? Yeah, yeah, that was that at, at Rocker's House. Okay, so for the people who haven't seen it, because that was very impressive to me. I loved back in the day at the projects. I don't know if you remember this, but they did like a high Ollie contest. They they Ollie like over Rockstars. I can't remember if it was Wakeboard or. Yeah, yeah, uh, wake I, skate. I actually watched that. So. Uh, Is that where you got the inspiration for the high jump? Yeah,
1: yeah. I I watched that. And uh, they actually had a video on the boat of them doing it on a tube ages ago. And then Steel and a couple of guys over at Alliance did it on the boat. And I was like, well, why wouldn't we go do this on the cable, you know? So I went to the Ace Hardware down the road and I bought a bunch of PVC and pieced it together with some duct tape and stuff also. So, like, if we were to hit it, it would fall apart. So it wasn't too crazy dangerous. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun and it was a cool idea. And I think it's it's something that like the general public public can grasp with like going big. So they, they understand that. So how
0: big did you go?
1: I think we stacked up to like 15 feet. I mean, obviously we beat like, I think on the boat they did 11, but you know, the kicker is four and a half feet tall. So we can definitely go way bigger on the cable than the boat and the cables taller than the tower on the boat also. So that helps a lot, but 15 feet. And uh, we kind of made no rules so we could butt check as much as we wanted. Or, so who
0: was all in on it?
1: Um, it was, it was, me and a couple friends from Austin, uh, this kid named Mitch, Mitchell Hens. He's super cool. And randomly this kid, Tyler Sommer, he's from, uh, TSR. He rides sure. out there. He's a super good rider. And he came out and he actually hit everything switch. So it was a lot harder for him. So I couldn't imagine how high he could have gone if we actually had it on the other side of the kicker.
0: So now that you've transitioned into, I would say like more heavy on the, on the cable side of thing, like with a guy like Tom Foucher being from Texas, how do you like, what are your thoughts on a guy like Tom?
1: Um, you know, like when I was a kid, like I always wanted to beat Tom and like in my head I kind of like butted heads with him. I feel like I don't I don't know his thoughts or anything, but like nowadays like I feel like it goes much better between us and stuff cuz I mean, we're both doing really well and, and it's cool. It's cool to see like someone else from Texas, you know, be be a superstar and, and from, from Texas I need to support other people from here because I really wanted to shine here because this is definitely the mecca of wakeboarding in the United States for sure. 100%. You think Texas is? Oh yeah, for sure. Like so, would you? But Orlando used to be. I think Orlando gone <laughs> done. Think, yeah, it's it's fully boat, but all of the boat riders, all the boat riding in the U.S. is pretty much Orlando based, and every all the kids are are from different states in the U.S., but they go to Orlando for the boat, but. You know there's there's cable parks everywhere and I feel like there's a lot more people that are trying to improve their riding and and be more serious about their riding at the cable park than the people going out on the boat
0: sure for sure very cool man all right so getting back to that social media uh, you're you're close to 26,000 followers and that's a pretty organically grown following right yeah for sure so how, how are you able to do that and how long did that take I had Austin keen on the podcast last time and Uh, I don't know if you know him. He's like that wake surfer guy that, you know, he, and his, his following absolutely blew up. Um, but I think he does a little bit different. I think he has a little bit of a different machine behind him as well. Yeah. Um, so, so talk about like how you were able to grow grow yours.
1: Well, at first I wasn't really interested in Instagram at all. Like Facebook is what I I had my goal on because, you know, that was a big thing at the time and, and it has slowly been fading for a while, but there was a point where Facebook, um, you could upload a video and it would prioritize videos over everything else and no one else is really uploading videos at the time to Facebook because it seems stupid because there's no... You can't just go to Facebook and search videos or whatever, but they really, I feel like, are trying to take out YouTube or Vimeo or whatever. So whenever you post a video, it would just go absolutely ballistic. And, you know, I would share my Instagram on that and, and I mean, that would definitely help a lot. But uh, really on Instagram, like... (laughs) getting in early would have been the best thing because now it's so much harder with uh, everybody like, oh, that guy doesn't follow me. I'm not going to follow them back or whatever. But yeah, on Instagram, I think put out videos, like videos, 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 and it has to be something different. Like if it's a video of something that most people haven't seen or something kind of crazy, it will go viral sometimes. Like I've ridden with a dog before and it went over, you know, 600,000 views or, or whatever. So, every once in a while it will, it will spark up and then boom your followers just start cranking
0: yeah just stay and stay consistent right
1: yeah for sure
0: hey y'all gonna stop real fast to talk a little bit about wakeboardingcom wakeboarding.com is an all-new online community for wakeboard enthusiasts and professionals view and share wakeboarding videos as well as upcoming wakeboard events live from the wakeboarding.com website and Facebook page if you want to find a new local spot to ride or you're looking for a third person to ride with or you're traveling and wanting to get a pull while on the road wakeboarding.com keeps you connected wherever you are so right now go to wakeboarding.com on facebook and then register at wakeboarding.com online to join the fastest growing wakeboard community today now let's get back into the conversation with jb o'neill So speaking of staying consistent, you did take a little bit of a break from the social media thing. It seemed like at the beginning of 2018 and then boom, you came out with this huge announcement that you were joining the Hyperlite team. Yeah. Uh, You've had some support from from other brands uh, in your career, but um, you have switched brands, a couple of different board brands since I met you back in the old days. So I want to hear about the struggles um and and obviously, obviously you know, I'm sure the brands did whatever they could do for you. Yeah. But sometimes you get lost in you know in that pond with all these other fish or whatever. But talk a little bit about the struggles uh, coming up through the ranks, and then you're now with Hyperlight. Talk a little bit about the struggles and and how you got to where you're at now with Hyperlight.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I can start out with O'Brien. At first, I got sponsored by O'Brien when I was a young kid, like, the first wakeboarding contest I ever went to, Justin Kiefer, he's a Force rep now, he actually approached me, and I, I thought he was super weird at the time, because, you know, I was young, and and he was a big dude, like, and I was like, like, why are you talking to me? This and kinda... he's Kiefer,
0: and he's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like Yeah,
1: but I, I had no idea about anything like that at the time, and he hooked it up, and, and that really was kind of the start of my wakeboarding, and that was awesome, so Thanks so much to him. And there's been other reps on, along the way, like Buck Ashcraft and stuff. But I finally got connected with Kobe Mikasich. And you know, at the time I was getting really like bummed because that's when I first started growing my social media and I could see myself having kind of more of a following than most of the people on the team. And and, and I would have more of a following the actual brand itself online. And finally they decided to help me out and they were super awesome and stuff. And, and you know, over time, like, I don't know it was sort of a time in my career i i kind of had an attitude and and like you know me and kobe butted heads quite a lot and and you know like i think he's a cool dude or whatever but like we just didn't we just didn't see it out and i i would say like a lot of it's my fault because you know i was a kid you know and i'm still a kid even though i'm 27 but i still have that kid mentality so i kind of messed that one up you know and 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 getting kicked off o'brien i actually got kicked off the team so that that kind of was uh, not so awesome. It was one of like the worst feelings ever in wakeboarding. Like I was like, man, like what am I gonna do? Because they were they were supporting me quite a lot, and and I, I completely messed it up. So, but what did you take out of that? Like, keep my mouth shut. I mean, you know, because don't compare myself to other riders. Don't be the best I can be, and don't don't worry about anyone else. Just be the best I can be and show them what I can do. So, like, from there, I, I didn't even tell anyone I got dropped by F- O'Brien. I just kind of slowly started painting my boards black and, and writing for no one. And eventually, you know, I, I, I talked to some people at CWB. I had Board Co. talk to them for me, and they flowed me a couple boards, and... The, the worst thing is like Bish is like friends with CW or is friends with Kobe. They're like best buds. So I'm just thinking like, Oh man, like yep. what, what am I doing? You know,
0: <laughs> Kobe and Bish, man, those were two of yeah. the first pro riders I met when yeah. they were on their bus tour back in the nineties.
1: Yeah. And, uh, well over time, like through the first six months, I kind of just like proved myself. I got put together like a really cool welcome to the team video at CWC and, and Bish kind of saw it through that. Like I wanted to, I wanted to do things good. And, you know, they really helped me out, and they they tried to do the best they could, and and uh, things just didn't work out right with budget and and stuff. And Greg kind of came through this year, like last minute after like I had I kind of had like a lot of promises that I felt like with CWB, but they were always unsure. So Greg kind of came through and like picked me up and and really decided to actually like support me really well. So everything was was going. Awesome, I want to do this, but it's it was actually going to be a really hard choice for me because I actually have started filming the craziest video already on my CWB board, and I, I'd done some crazy stuff that I don't even want to do again. So it was like a really hard decision for me to to leave, you know. And uh, eventually, like everything got to where me and Greg agreed, and and I think it's going to be a really good decision. I'm going to start refilming soon, and, and I really want to put out a cool video with Hyperlight, and that'll be awesome.
0: So, moving forward, it sounds like contests aren't necessarily um, w- what you're focusing on. So, w- moving forward with
1: Hyperlight, um, w- how do you guys
0: see this relationship uh, going forward?
1: <laughs> um, so, I've known Greg for a while, and um, actually, probably 2014, um, we hung out at a Cables Wake Park in Australia, and he kind of gave me a log to the at wakeboarding instagram account and he's like hey yeah just post all your stuff on here and like he was super cool to me we became friends like that was actually the first time we became friends and he wanted me to just promote myself and and see where i could get so i kind of used his wakeboarding channels to really promote myself and my friends and uh and it it kind of it kind of helped a lot and and he saw like the growth of the page and stuff like that and uh and that was cool and my writing kept improving and stuff and, and I was putting out more and more content and I think he saw that, you know, this content is reaching a large amount of people. Not just how the contest would reach the select few but he saw that my videos were reaching out there and they got on channels like People Are Awesome and reached out I think it was forty million views my last video got on People Are Awesome or So or you're something you're maybe.
0: like reaching past the the water sports market
1: yeah
0: which is which is awesome so it's super understandable so so now so now you're you're on hyperlite and uh like what board are you riding and and your thoughts on like the new product and stuff and then i'll let you finish that first at first and then i got something else too
1: okay so the board i ride is is the wishbone and it it's the, that's the cable board I ride anyway. And it's super awesome. And, and the boots are super comfortable and stuff, but actually the boots, like the first time I wore them, like they're system boots. So they're completely different than anything I ever wore. So I stepped in them and I was like, Oh, Whoa, I felt like I was riding a spaceship. Like it was, it was just different. But now like I rode them for a few weeks now and you know, they're really starting to get comfortable and I'm really, I'm really starting to like it a lot. So I, I think it's going to be really good. Like it's pretty, pretty awesome
0: nice well congratulations on that man Uh, i want to ask you this so you you'd mentioned the name sean murray a few times and a hyperlight team is stacked with great contest riders and legends Uh, now that you're with team hyperlight who are you excited to be associated with in general and um and with that, do you have any plans to maybe go out and do some filming or anything with any of those guys?
1: Yeah, yeah, I really want to go over to Orlando and uh, and, and film everyone, you know, and collect content to put on all the pages and stuff, and and that would be really awesome, but I, I kind of want to, like, film more of the underdogs, kind of, you know, like, there's this kid named Pr- Brady Patri from Texas, and he's writing Hyperlite, and he's so good, but, like, his media hasn't reached out there yet, and not everybody quite knows about him yet. And there's Elliot Digney on the team, and he's absolutely crushing it. But there's people in Texas, like if I mentioned his name, no one would have ever heard of it. But he's out there crushing double flips, nines, everything on the boat. And I, I really want to, like, film guys like that and bring them up and give them their opportunity because they, they need that, and, and it would be really, really good for them. And, and whenever someone sees a new person break out – that's something that blows up whenever someone sees someone new and they're like, wow, I like that. Kind of like how Tyler Hyam did this year, you know, he kind of was not seen so much. And then boom, just blew up. And, and everybody, everybody loves that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The
1: new guy is, is the guy for sure. (laughs) For yeah. sure,
0: all right. So we talking about like the support that you've gotten or that you're getting from from Hyperlight moving forward, and you got some other really cool brands that are that are supporting you as well. And I saw that you have a signature feature that's came out or coming out like a like a rail.
1: Yeah, so it's out already, but it ha- it, it doesn't exist anywhere yet. So if someone were to purchase it, it could go at a cable park. It's basically just a kick a giant kicker to a landing ramp and. It, it will go in your cable park. It's all fully CNC'd and plastic welded, and it will kind of, like, eliminate that impact on your knees, having something to land on the downside of.
0: Okay, so first of all, the brand, what's the brand?
1: Oh, it's Stacks. Stacks Unlimited. It's, uh, it's a feature company, and uh, I think they're based out of Thailand. I got connected with Greg. He helped me out, and I think he he sells, or is the distributor in the sure. US for it.
0: Okay, so your your signature feature you so you had like you you had saying how it was going to be built or in, in like the dimensions or whatever you wanted. Yeah, yeah.
1: I actually I actually designed it in Google SketchUp on my computer and I sent it over there and and they kind of made it to where it, it will work in their metric form because I did it all in, you know. So standard. when are
0: you when are you actually going to get to hit this thing and when you get to hit when you get to hit it what's the first trick that you're going to do?
1: I don't know what the first trick I would do on it, but I I hope that maybe some cable park will buy it. I think X Dubai, that's the company I ride for, they're building a park in Dubai, so maybe I could get them to put that feature at their park and I could, I could go actually hit this thing. They actually have a really similar feature that was home built at Thai Wake Park, and everyone's posting about it right now. It's really hyping at the moment, having a kicker to landing ramp on a full-size cable and not everyone just blowing out their knees left and right. So I think that will be cool and help out the future of wakeboarding a little bit
0: cool man I'm excited to see that um ex-dubai i all of a sudden i keep seeing X dubai i know that you've got it on your helmet and like what exactly is it it seems like it's like a tra- is it like a travel what what is it
1: X dubai is basically it's sort of like marketing to draw people to go to dubai and they they do a lot of things like skydiving or they did this thing called the Jetman, where they had jetpacks and flown next to like commercial airlines with them and and they just really do a lot of crazy stuff like base jumping and stuff and they film that because Dubai is like the extreme Adrenaline capital of the world. So they want people to see that and go there and, and maybe spend their money in that country and and You know and visit
0: so you have been to Dubai.
1: Yeah, I went to Dubai a couple months ago, maybe November and uh of 2017 and we filmed a project there it's called like the wakecation it it was their idea it's it's just kind of like me cruising through the rivers in this five-star hotel and maybe grinding some ledges and doing some drops through pools and stuff and it'll be like kind of an all winch thing and uh, i think it'll be really good for like the public eye and it'll be really fun and i think it'll blow up kind of big
0: very nice, man. So talking about international travels, I want to talk about some international riders real fast. And, um and I don't really know how much uh influence they had on you or how much you actually got to spend with them. But the Bretas um, out there in Europe, uh, I, I don't know, it seems like those guys were some of the first dudes to really, like, like blow up this like crazy different style of cable I don't know there's something about what they were doing on the cable that really got noticed and um I know like in that time you were an O'Brien rider and those guys were O'Brien riders so uh I, I think those guys don't really get too much credit or too much even um acknowledgement here that that often but I'd, I'd love I know uh, Caro did a really really nice tribute to them at the wake awards and I want to find out like what you know about them and 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 your uh experiences with those guys
1: yeah, for sure. Like, they're the best, actually. They're super cool. Um, a lot of people in America kind of hated on them, but they were they were way ahead of their time. When they, when they first made their breakout video, they were miles ahead of everyone, and maybe it was on a little bit higher cable than anyone else had at the time. They were doing things that were completely outrageous, like 540 degrees bigger than anyone else has ever gone, you know, and, and they were doing unheard of things, like... Like KGB sevens and and double mobs and in double mob 540s and in crazy crazy things that are still not done so you know that their video from man I don't even know when it was 2013 or 2014 is still there's still things in that video that haven't been done and we're in 2018 now so you know they were ahead of their time and some people just didn't like it and I think that if they just kept doing what they were doing they would they would be the superstars of wakeboarding right now they are the best wakeboarders i've ever met in my life i've never seen anyone more talented than them and yeah they're just crazy and they're so nice too like a lot of people don't really understand swedish humor and a lot of the times they'll they'll think like swedish people are rude or whatever but they're just being funny and joking, and, and you just can't really, you can't really see that unless you're face to face with them in person. But maybe over video or something, people don't really get that.
0: Are those guys still riding or anything?
1: Um, I, I don't really know. I haven't, I haven't kept up much lately, but uh, I think you know, Matthias and Jeremiah, they're, they're riding a little bit. But um, I think Matthias, he got married, and uh, Jeremiah is going to school for something. I'm not sure exactly, but yeah, they kind of just push wakeboarding away because you know a lot of the people in wakeboarding didn't didn't support them and you know they were they were doing things better than everyone else and they just couldn't they couldn't understand why and and it kind of sucks to see that sometimes but you know they in my eyes they were the best ever and they deserved way more than they ever got for sure
0: well, hopefully people listening will go back and, and check out like uh, some some of the videos and maybe uh, hopefully those dudes will will resurface I know that uh, they definitely went through some hard times over the last year and uh, oh yeah you know we, we all thought about them a lot and uh, definitely once again would would love to see where they're at and what they're what they' those guys are doing so yeah you, sure. you make it out to Sweden at all
1: yeah, I've been there probably like five times now, and two of the five times I went to the Bredas' house and rode their cable and stuff for their contest, which was actually super crazy. They had so many, they had so many people turn out to just their backyard that you would just be mind blown. Like their entire cable lake is just fully surrounded, and everyone's going nuts and fully pumped on it. Like they they killed it,
0: bro. Next time you go, bring the man out <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> All right jb as we come to the uh close here i've got to ask you out of all of the crazy gnarly stuff that you've done what's the gnarliest what's your favorite the most memorable what are you most proud of like as far as like any of of like i'm gonna call them stunts
1: (laughs) all right cool well i mean there's actually like two and uh and I actually rode over this crazy massive rock in uh, in Austin at some some park, and it it was huge like I, I looked at it from like a hundred two hundred feet away, and I went home and built a rail for it to in my thoughts, I was gonna clear this rock and then whenever I got up to it, it was it was bigger than I could have ever imagined. and you know, my dad was operating the winch and he got so nervous like I was coming up to the incline rail and he cut the winch. He was so nervous that like, I almost could have died, you know, like, but anyways, we went back and just sent it and I was just like pumped. We went over that and that was, that was awesome. And then also the mega gap that I did at Rocker Steiners, that, that is kind of one of the craziest things I've ever done. and And it was, it was so sketchy too, because we didn't like back it, like put it somewhere and back it up. We just set it where we thought maybe we could make it to. And we just, sent it, you know, and the worst part about it was the first time I edged into the kicker, the cable shut down right before I got to it, and that that cable over there, they're so far away from, you know, a city, it's, it's on single-phase power, so every once in a while, if you put a little bit too much edge into it, it might shut down, so luckily, we got away with it clean, but I was super pumped on it, because, you know, everybody there, even Sid, was like, Rocker's dad is Sid and they were just like dude like don't do it like it's, it's dumb and Rocker finally was like yeah do you do it and I, I tried and I was so pumped I did it and it was, it was awesome
0: those guys are those guys are awesome those guys are crazy and that was awesome it reminded me of kind of going back to that old uh, movie all a movie all or nothing and and uh, that clip of Parks doing that gnarly gnarly gap that he didn't even make I yeah. you know, I don't think he ever rode away from that, but I, I I don't know if you know exactly which one I'm talking about, I know. but it was it was heavy and it was behind the boat, of course, yeah, as yeah. well. So I mean it was it's definitely a little bit different. But uh, but man, I, I gotta hand it to you, dude. You've been doing some really, really great things and uh, I, I think it's awesome for you, and I think it's awesome for the sport of wakeboarding, and I think it's awesome for overall for for the toad water sports genre in general. I think you're getting a lot of eyes on on the sport, and due to that, I think more riders are getting uh, more exposure as well. so uh, big ups to you on that, my friend. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Cool man. All right, so uh, before we finish this off, let everybody know who supports you as far as like the sponsors go, and then uh, if, if you want to send out any love, any thank yous or shout outs.
1: Yeah, I just kind of want to thank my dad, and that's really it. <laughs> cool. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you sponsors any of those guys?
1: Yeah, but you know he's been there more than everyone, so. I want to thank you. Cool. Thanks, brother.
0: Hey, Golden Mike Podcast listeners, get your boat looking brand new this summer with some custom SeaDeck non-skid traction. On your boat, in your boat, on the dock, or anywhere normally prone to slippery surfaces, even paddle boards and wake surfers, SeaDeck has a growing network of certified fabricators and installers covering the USA, Canada, Europe, and the South Pacific, and now it's easier than ever to have a Deck professional take your project from start to finish. Go to SeaDeck.com, hit the custom button, on the website, and look for the interactive map to locate a CDEX certified fabricator or installer in your area to schedule an appointment today. The WSIA and the Golden Mike podcast want to remind all listeners to wake responsibly. The Wake Responsibly initiative is a part of the WSIA's waterway protection efforts to minimize threats to lakes and rivers regarding towed water sports and to preserve the vitality of wake sports for years to come. The organization is focused on promoting and protecting all towed water sports through best practices of maintaining waterway access rights, educating participants, promoting safety, and facilitating 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 sustainable industry growth. For more info, head over to WSIA.net. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. Thank you to JB O'Neill for joining me on the podcast. Guys, JB is a genuinely nice guy, and I was stoked for all of his recent accolades. Well, at the end there, it was definitely a little emotional, and JB helped me remember too how much of an impact my dad has had on me and my career within the sport. So I want to take a moment to thank my pops for all he's done for me over the years, you know after the episode was over JB actually text messaged me all of his sponsors so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, plug those for him X Dubai hyperlight board Co., ion and stacks those are the people that take care of JB and uh, keep it going guys because this dude is definitely on to some really really great stuff and you know he's been around for a long time but i still see a bright future ahead another brand i want to shout out to is a local detroit company that manufactures towing devices used for many winch demonstrations on the water, off the water, including on the snow, and some of the rail jams that I personally announce. Leader Winch Co. is a rider-owned and operated company that has built winches for top riders and snowboarders like Olympic gold medalist Sage Kostenberg, X Games gold medalist Frank Bourgeois, as well as sponsors some of the best riders in the snow industry that are pushing the limits of winching. LWC also has partnerships with two of the most progressive crews in board sports, the Coalition Wake and Brothers Factory Snow. Currently, they've got three gas winch models to choose from and an electric winch in the developmental stages. Options for every rider's budget and skill level. Check out LWC at www.leaderwinchco.com and you can find them on Instagram at Leader Winch Co. All right, let's talk about some events. Come see me at the Detroit Boat Show, the all-star wakeboard rail jam with Step Up Productions. I'm going to be here through February 25th. The next day I fly out February 26th up to Steamboat, Colorado. Then I'm going to head back. Back to Illinois, March kicks off with Think Tank. That's happening up in Wisconsin, Dells, Wisconsin. I'm hoping to stop up there and say what's up and check out the scene, maybe do some interviews. I talked about that earlier in the show. From there, I'm going to be heading back down to Florida. I'll be in Cocoa Beach March 9th with the Billabong Wakeboard Team. There's a rail jam down there and a big surf event. Love to catch you guys all out there. Then March 10th, I'm in Claremont, Florida with Performance Ski and Surf at Pig on the Pond. I'm heading back to Cocoa Beach to announce on March 11th, that's a Sunday, Hope you guys can join me. I've got a lot more events starting to add up right now. So please keep in touch and I'll let you guys know what's going on with me. Now, if anybody out there listening is interested in having me announce, commentate, do voiceover work or appear at your next event. Maybe you just want to advertise on the Golden Mike podcast or ask me any question in general. Email me. Golden Mike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. Uh, that's also the best way of purchasing official Golden Mike podcast dad hats, t-shirts, and stickers. Folks, please remember to find and subscribe to the Golden Mike podcast on iTunes, the podcast app on all Apple devices. You can search the App Store for just about any podcast app on your Androids, then search and subscribe there as well. Please rate and review the podcast. The Golden Mike Podcast archives are also available on SoundCloud, so check us out there as well. Follow me on Twitter at the Dano T. Mano and at thegolden_mike on Instagram, at Dano T. Mano, and of course, I said it before, I'll say it again, the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook, go there and hit the like button, thanks again to JB O'Neill, and now a few shout outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes, thank you to Deck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, Go Puck, footin.com wakeboardin.com c4 belts hyperlite lead wake conley ronix o'brien slingshot wakeboards jenna caruth on the web and rich walsh on the audio that's gonna do it for today's show and i appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening i'm the noise of the north dan O'Mano, and you can hear me next time once again on the golden Mike podcast oh yeah